Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Everyday Man of God Ministries. Tonight we're going to talk about, very briefly, Ukraine, Russia, China, COVID-19 uh, resurrections. Yes, resurrections. Apparently, we've had resurrections. So, this week I was looking at the uh, COVID numbers and I, I do it weekly, daily, but I do videos at least weekly on a Friday night or Saturday night. And I noticed something in very peculiar yesterday. And you never believe what it was. Suddenly, people came to life. I know what you're thinking. How is that possible? People just don't come to life like Jesus. Apparently in Connecticut they do. So, yesterday... Was it yesterday? I apologize. It's April 15th now. I'm sorry. April 13th. We had two deaths. Or I should say April 12th. We had two deaths between the ages of 0 and 9. And now we have one death. And between the ages of 20 and 29, we had nine deaths. Now we have eight deaths. And between 30 and 39, we had 39 deaths. I'm sorry, 40 deaths. Now we have 39 deaths. So... If you, if you don't think that the government, or at least the state, is messing with numbers, you might want to rethink that position, because they are. There's no way of getting around it. They are. It's just that simple. And we've talked about it over and over again. Not every uh, podcast is going to be about COVID-19, but I wanted to point that out, that it's happened again. Now, let's talk about briefly Russia, Ukraine, China... What's going on up there? And Magog. So I've mentioned in the past that, uh, or at least in a video I did, about Russia and China with a joint exercise, I'm going to say about two weeks ago. Um, and now Russia's going after uh, Ukraine. I don't think they're going to go after Ukraine completely yet. It's just the beginning. I think it's a lot of testing, just showing everybody they're not uh, not to be ignored. They're there. How could we not believe that they are? And you have Biden now what, saying Russia's a risk and China's not. And then you have the other side saying China is more of a risk than, risk than, uh, than Russia. Um, they're both risks. They both are an issue. Soon Iran... Um, and you got uh, them going in, like I said, to Ukraine. That's all part of the deal. That is the beginning of Magog. That's, and, and I shouldn't say the beginning of, because we're not there yet, but all of those countries and all those areas, you have to remember Russia went all the way down, before it was Russia, all the way down to Turkey, the Black Sea, and China was all the way uh, to the borders of uh, of of his, uh, Iran and all that area that was the Near East. So, all of Russia, all of China, was Magog coming downwards. So they're coming again. It's a fact. And I like how everyone is just saying, oh, China's not the problem, I mean, Russia's not the problem, we gotta take care of China, and then we can solve the problem. No, no. As you can tell by the title of this ministry, it's about God. 
And we are closer to the end than we ever have been previously. We have to understand that. So the time is coming, and the time is of essence. So we need to begin to look towards God. And as I always like to say, it's just that simple. So, what do we do? Should we be fighting China? Should we be fighting Russia or Ukraine? Interestingly enough, Ukraine, I think, is 87% supposed Christianity. And they were turned to Christianity um, by Vladimir the Great, I think his name was. Vladimir the Great during the Byzantine Empire. And they were forced, the mayors and the people in those areas, forced people by sword um, and fire to convert. And it's, they call it Christianity, but it actually was the East Catholic Church. It was the Eastern Catholic Church. And now I don't have the, um, I didn't write down the notes. I don't have them like in a book around me or anything like that. I'm just going off with some memory here, so I apologize. But it goes back to the Catholic Church. Sorry, that's where it goes back to. I mean, every, you know, there's an old saying, all, ro all, all roads lead to Rome. Well, kind of, uh, yeah. We're not talking about Romans written by Paul. The Vatican has always been behind things. You, you can't, you can only have so many coincidences before you realize what the truth is. And I'm going to go back to COVID-19 briefly. What do you think this is? It's going to get better, by the way. It has to, because too many people are pushing back. So, it will. But, these waves that they talk about, oh yeah, it's going to get worse. There was, a, there was an actual Jesuit priest who once said, uh, during this whole thing, if we don't follow the rules during this pandemic, the next one will be wor worst. Yeah. He's right. But once I agree with a Jesuit priest, he's right. Because it's all part of the plan. Fauci, well, Jesuit. Redfield, who's no longer the director, Jesuit. I'm not sure that if he's uh, suddenly come to his senses or found God, but uh, he's not completely against Fauci, but he is not completely for. So something's going on there, which was... I don't know what, but something's going on there. Now, COVID-19, and I've said this before, you have, in my state, and I'll look at other states, and I'll get those numbers again together, but in my state, we're talking well, conservatively, just under 1% die of COVID-19 as a whole population. We're talking about, what, 300 and... 20,000 or 328,000 or something like that. And that's, uh, we have to look at that and like, is that a big deal? Well, yeah, obviously 328,000 cases is a big deal. You know, 8.2 million tests. Okay, that's not as a big deal to me. Um, again, I, I will say this. Someone I work with has actually gone to California, you know, the trouble state, gone to California twice during this thing and did not have to be tested when he landed. But when he came back here to Connecticut, he had to be tested. I wonder why California got cases. 
And Ned Lamont in Connecticut, he's got to get his act together. And in Connecticut, we have, what, 709,090 deaths? It's a lot, yes. But I'm wondering how many more will be resurrected. And let's talk about probable deaths. That's uh, something of lately that I've been looking at, which I thought was interesting. Let's just take 80 and up. 909 people over the age of 80 probably died of COVID. And I'll let you look up the dictionary and uh, what that means. Probable. Maybe. Could be. It's a good chance. Uh Uh-huh. Tell that to the families that want closure and understanding what they died from. Eh, they could have died of COVID. And side note, (coughs) excuse me, Um, I was listening to the uh, uh, radio the other day, and there were, I just caught a brief, uh, um, I don't know if you want to call it snippet, but they had somebody talking about helping COVID-19 deaths and for the funeral costs and stuff like that. If they can prove, and this was interesting, it's key, if they can prove that it was directly caused by COVID and not by other things. That's going to be a loophole out of a lot of deaths and say, well, they died of COVID-19, but not directly of COVID-19 because they had other underlying conditions. See, they've already you know, set up that loophole already. So a lot of folks out there who think they're going to get help with the funerals, I would think again. The funeral cost, I would think again because they'll find a loophole out of it. Guaranteed. And here in Connecticut, Ned Lamont needs to, again, get it together. He's been following the pack, so to speak. He's not a leader. Especially in the beginning of this. He's running with New Jersey and New York. Whatever Andy Cuomo said he, he decided to go with. Well, we know now Andy Cuomo, if you didn't figure it out a long, long time ago, is not a good person and does not care about the people. He has proven that over and over and over again. Nor does de Blasio. Now you got New Hampshire. Ned Lamont should look up there. New Hampshire is what? Lifting the mask mandates? If he was a real governor and he's a real leader, he would realize what the people truly want in this state. I know. It's like, oh, just because you want something doesn't mean you should get it. Well, let's follow the data and science. Here in Connecticut, like I said, set uh, 3.5 million people, over 8 million tests, but 3.5 million is the population, and you've had 325,000 cases. I'm sorry, that's an old number. I'm looking at my whiteboard here in the podcast room. Uh, 328 is the current as of today. 328,000, on the dot actually, 328,000 cases, 7,990 deaths. Do the math. Out of a population of 3.5 million. So, as a few days ago, and I didn't do the math today, but I'm sure it's pretty much the same, Not by, hasn't changed by too much, 91.1% of the state of Connecticut, 91.1% of the population of Connecticut, ready? Wait for it. Did not get COVID. 8.9% did. 
8.9% of the population of Connecticut has gotten COVID to this point. Over a year into this. I don't understand why that's not a problem. Listen, back in February 9th, the survival rate for seniors over the age of 80 was 72.28. You know what it was uh, was yesterday? Because I didn't do the math today. 71.93. We're in April. So vaccinations roll out on December 13th. So let's do it. December 13th to uh, January to February. So it's two months in. Two months in at that point. Roughly two months in. So the vaccines have had time to work. A lot of people were getting the vaccines, and you're, you're seeing your survival rate change. And, and and when it first rolled out, 60 to 69 was going up. Not by a lot, but it was increasing. 70 to 79 was increasing. But 80 and over actually was decreasing after the vaccination rollout. They had decreased for a while and then started to make a tiny bit of change a few weeks ago, two weeks ago. Finally making a change and heading in the right direction. But think about this. February 9th, the survival rate was 96.75 between the ages of 60 and 69. And now it's a 96.88. That's a 0.15 change. A 0.15% change. Not even a quarter of a percent not even close to a change since December. I'm sorry, February. February, a couple months ago. The survival rate between 70 and 79 years old were 89.42. Now it's 89.57, although it might be different tomorrow night when I do the uh, um, video. Those videos are a little bit longer. I usually make my uh, YouTube videos uh, shorter when I can. Um, but those run me about 20, 25 minutes, those videos, because I break down the numbers on a whiteboard, so tune in if you can, that'd be great. So uh, they went up by 0.17, and here's the best part, 72.2, we're still not even up to the level we were in February with the 80+, plus. still. And where are most of our, oh, I want to address the healthcare workers uh, situation uh, the myth that they're all like in dire, they're in danger in the long-term care facilities. Four deaths. No death is acceptable. We don't want any deaths. None at all. Absolutely none. I have never wanted to see that happen. But four deaths in all those long-term care facilities. And it's over 3,000 deaths. And I... I'm looking at my whiteboard, and I don't have it in front of me, but over 3,000 deaths in, in the long-term care facilities. I'm actually have my computer up right now. See, it's, uh, at least I can do this and not be on a video and look strange. So, April 15th. Oh, good. Today, it was today, two weeks in. All right. So, I think it's every seven days. I forget how many days it is, and they do the new update. But... Uh, Let's scroll down here on there. And by the way, you can you yourself can go on the Department of Health. And I know not everybody has time, and they say, I'm like, I can't, I don't have all the time to be doing that. I can't be just, 
you know, all over the place with that. So we got about, what, 3,800, 30, yeah, right around 30, I'm doing math in my head, people, and I apologize. It's just under 3,900 deaths in the long-term care facilities. 39. Out of the 7,990, by the way, in LTCs, long-term care facilities. And it only had 18,000 cases. Or roughly, I think 18,000, roughly like that. So now we look at the uh, nursings to see how many they have. You have different uh, lists to add them up. You get the uh, NH NHSN, and then you have the, just the straight data from April 7th. But how many, uh, how many cases were there? You know, I'm always stunned at how we just make these blanket statements that everybody's ill. My wife is a healthcare worker, so it's not as if I don't have anybody in the field, so to speak. So there's roughly 4,800 cases, 4,800 cases for healthcare workers in Connecticut, the LTCs. Is everybody at risk? Listen, they're at risk for a lot of things when they're in there. That's just the facts. But it's not a high chance. Because they're going to get sick no matter what. There's so many things they can get sick from. So I'm surprised that we're throwing, that nobody's looking into this and saying, wait a second, not everybody's in trouble. And that's true. And where are the cases, by the way? Well, obviously in your bigger areas. Fairfield County, um, Hartford County, New Haven County. The best county is, uh, surprisingly enough, to live in, for this particular situation is Tallinn County. They have a total of 9,000 cases, in, well, 9,068 cases in Tallinn County. Now, let's see, we look at the deaths in Tallinn County, the lowest again, they have 179. There's 179 deaths in Tallinn County. You look at combined New Haven, uh, Hartford, and Fairfield, you got 44, 6,400 deaths just in those three counties. New London would be after those. And that's to be expected because everybody's on top of each other. You got a New Haven and Fairfield. I believe Fairfield is closest to uh, New York. And then you got New Haven right, right next door, right in that same spot. And then half it after that coming up through. So, and I do believe that Towns and counties should have the right to decide if they should be wearing masks or not. Pencil pushers don't always have the uh, answers. This isn't the way. But I will say this, and I wanted to not make this uh, podcast too, too long. But if you actually went to King James Bible and you went to Psalm 71, 1, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33... Romans uh, 10, verse 13. Um, remember, 1 first, uh, first Corinthians 14, 33, what does it talk about? I don't have an open hand me, but God is not the author of confusion. Romans 10, 13, how do you become saved? See, the government and everybody like that is mass confusion. All of this chaos is for one reason, to take our eye off of what we should be. 
Instead of pay attention to the real problems that are existing, instead of focusing on the vaccines, and I'm, you, you need to do what you think is right. If you want to get the vaccine, you do what you have to do. That's not, that's not for me to decide, clearly. For me, no. I will try to hold out as long as I can until they tie me down, and, and then I don't know. I don't know if I'll still take it then. If you're healthy, you don't need it. The fear-mongering of you're going to kill your grandmother. It's pathetic, it's sad, and it's of the devil. The fear that, oh, what about my children? Dr. Fauci said my children. Again, he is full of fear, hatred, and he is of the devil. Those are the facts. Can I prove he's from the devil? No, I didn't talk to him, and I didn't. Uh, he didn't tell me he was from the devil, but I don't think I need him to tell me it for that to be the truth. So those who listen to this podcast, do not be alarmed. In fact, this could have all been over. I don't wear my mask, I would say, 99% of the time. I threw on my little neck gator a couple of times, and I'm mad at myself for that. Um, but I don't, at this point, ever wear it. And I'm sure I'm going to be banned from everything. But I was fortunate. We were in a position, we were blessed to move out of where we were into a nice small area where wink, wink, nod, nod, yeah, no masks here. Now, if a Cumbies, and I've said this before, if a Cumbies wants to ban me from Cumbies, I don't need Cumbies bad enough to wear my mask. I don't. I don't need the pizza joint bad enough to not wear my mask or to wear a mask. I don't need them. And some certain stores don't need them. If you stand your ground, more often than not, you'll be fine. They're not going to come after you. Not all the time. But how will I feed my kids? That's awesome. <clears throat> I would use that. <clears throat> excuse me. I would use that when you're talking to them. When, you're, when they come af- at you in a grocery store and say, so you want my children to stop. I'm not trying to start trouble. I'm really not. People would say I'm a pot stirrer. And I found that interesting because someone was just saying it the other day. If telling the truth and standing up for the truth is stirring the pot, well, then so be it. Then I'm a pot stirrer. Then more of us should be pot stirrers. Stand up and tell the truth. Use data. Since a lot of people want to do science, use data. Come at them with data. It's science. I'm baffled that nobody really thinks about this. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Really? I'm fine. Because if your feelings are hurt, that's too bad. That's an unfortunate sense. You know, they think they give us these gifts of these vaccines. Well, I'll tell you, the gift of God is eternal life. That's uh, pretty good. What's the Bible say, King James? James. 
whosoever believeth in him? John 3.16. You know, all of these iniquities and injustices, oh, well, they'll be done at some point. It's just the way it is. Because, honestly, the greater danger than COVID-19 is if you even die of COVID-19. Where will you be going? Where will you be going? Do you really care about what other people are thinking? Or do you care about what God is thinking? I'll tell you. I'll put my... uh, chips in that basket, I'm sorry, the eggs in that basket, that's fine with me. We have to stand united. Now, even a lot of Christians will fall, or the so-called Christians will fall, because they feel like they have to follow the rule. And why is that, by the way? And I know why some of it is. We put ourselves in a situation where there's nothing we can do. The dead of our homes, our vehicles, makes it more difficult for us to just pull up stakes and go. So they start thinking, and this is what I'm trying to teach my boys, don't ever get into a home that you can't afford. Save up all the money you can. Be ready to just get something simple, small, if we're even here on this earth by then. And live that way and pay it off in cash. Although the bank might think you're a drug dealer because you actually saved up your money and did it that way. The government put us in debt. So we would follow the rules of the devil. Let's not be that. If at all possible, folks, let's not be that. Now, next Thursday, I hope to have a better study put together. I was not as prepared as I'd wanted to be on this one. I like to be just raw anyways. I don't like to be too, too prepared. I like to just speak from the heart. But I wanted to have some thing, other things I wanted to go over, but that's all right. I mean, in the future, we'll talk about the Council of Trent and how their scriptures, well, the Catechism of Council of Trent and the scriptures that they cite don't even match a King James Bible and sometimes it doesn't even match themselves, their own Catholic Bibles. But that's a whole other thing. Yes, I'm going after Catholics. Not, not because I hate Catholics. There's a lot of Catholics out there. If you cite something from their own stuff and they go, that's not true. I'm like, it's from your own doctrines, your own your own uh, Summa Theologica from Thomas Aquinas. It's from your Roman Catechism, Council of Trent. It's from your Second Vatican. It's from your Nicene Creed. By the way, Nicene Creed, that's really where the foundation of Christianity and the Byzantine Empire in the Ukraine came out of. That's kind of the story there. Um, again, sidetrack, and Ukraine with the Magog. I'm telling you right now, folks, we're in the beginning of that. We are in the beginning of that. It's without a shadow of a doubt. So let us be vigilant. Those of you who tuned in and are, are, are saved and, and Bible believers, be vigilant. Don't be swayed. Because people are going to come at you with hatred, mocking, and tell you what a weirdo you are, or a crazy person, or a fool, or you're nuts, you're insane. And all because of what? You stand up for the truth. You stand up 
for freedom. You stand up to live your life for God. You have this crazy sense of morals that you think your family is more important than your friends. Because your friends will fall too, by the way. And that's where a lot of Christians are going to fall. Because they can't handle losing the church building. They can't handle losing those the, the friends who say they're friends. To appease all those people, because they don't want to lose, because people have this sense of, I don't want to be alone. I need these things. If I become friends with folks out there who are Bible believers, that is awesome and beautiful. But if it means turning from the values I hold dear and following the Bible, no thank you. I don't need those type of friends. And those of you who are not saved, I plead that at you some point find yourself a Bible. And if anybody who knows me on this podcast, uh, if you ever see me around, definitely uh, ask me for a Bible. It may not be the best Bible I have in the world that I have, but I always have Bibles available in the truck. Or even my backpack, too, at work. I'm, you know, going to be prepared. You never know. But I wanted to go to Romans 10. I think it's Romans 10, 13. It's very simple. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And no, I don't mean by easy believism, like, oh, I believe in God. He exists. No, I mean really call on him. You got nothing else going. There's always some problems in your life, issues, everything's going wrong. And then there'll be other people like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going right. Well, what does right mean? You you sacrifice all your morals? You traded in everything you believe in? You stepped on the man, man or woman below you to get to your position you're at? I wish, or I should say I hope, that this podcast is helpful to anyone out there. And I think I said in one of my intros before, I'm not a theologian. I am not some pastor or priest or rabbi. I'm not this academic genius. I am none of those things. I'm not some wise philosopher. I'm not well-versed in, uh, you know, every word that Socrates and Aristotle, <coughs> Plato, Tertullian, um, Thomas Aquinas, any of these gentlemen are Josephus. Am I well-versed in all these things? No. But I have an important thing. I have an important, important piece of work that has guided me well. And that is the Bible. Ah, the Bible. The King James Bible. The 1611, which is kind of like the Geneva. A lot of stuff is the same there. And Matthews. And the Tyndale New Testament. Although Tyndale New Testament is kind of hard to read. I have one. And, whew, I get a magnifying glass on that one and read that one. I don't have the larger version. Well, with that, I say thank you. Thank you for taking your time to listen to this podcast. I deeply appreciate it. And as always, God bless. 
be safe, and really stand for what you believe in. Good night.